Sometimes in real estate, you'll refinance, you'll have an exit, you'll have, and you'll find yourself flush with cash. Well, flush with cash for anybody is an uncomfortable situation because cash does not make money. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Tyler Salduti from Prime Realty Inc. in Jacksonville, Florida. Today, we are talking about the Jacksonville, Florida real estate investing market. Tyler is a broker and an investor in that area. And I wanted to talk about investing in Jacksonville because I've never invested in Jacksonville. I know people who do invest in Jacksonville. And I want to know what the buzz is all about, right? I want to know what's happening there, what has happened as a result of COVID, how are prospects in Jacksonville after COVID, where's the value? Does it does it make sense to invest there, right? Because I have certain criteria that I look for when selecting a real estate investing market. And I'd like to know if particular markets match those. And you're going to find out whether Jacksonville matches your criteria or not today too, because COVID crisis, I think, has shown us that even more reason why certain markets are, say, less desirable from a cash flow investing standpoint, the way in which their economies have kind of reacted to the shutdown and what's going to be happening. And as we move forward, as people continue working and remote working from home, uh, remote working from a distance, we're going to see probably, it seems, a fairly significant exodus from places like New York City. LA, some of those markets, and people are going to be going to cool places like Jacksonville. And I think that will be a market force for the next few years. Don't know that for sure, but I bet we're going to see uh, quite a bit of, uh, I don't know about brain drain, but remote working drain uh, from major markets into eh, maybe more secondary markets that still have all the amenities you want, like potentially a Jacksonville. So if you're somebody, you don't even live in Florida and you want to learn about Jacksonville, this is one for you today. And uh, I learned a lot about Jacksonville. I might have to uh, look into it for my next investments. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that's what we're talking about today. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm, the ho I'm your host. <laughs> for those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lote, real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I love learning new things. I love learning about new markets, particularly markets that uh, may be interesting, like Jacksonville. I think there's a compelling case for it. I don't know whether I'll move forward with it or not. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, Tyler, I think, makes a good case for Jacksonville, Florida in this interview today. Without any further ado, here we go with Tyler. Tyler, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. I've always wanted to learn more about Jacksonville. And that's what we're going to talk about today as a real estate investing market. But before we dive into that, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, and uh, you know what you do? Sure. I'm, I'm a commercial real estate broker in Jacksonville. So I've got a firm where we do four property types, office, industrial, retail, and multifamily. And we'll do leasing for the first three and just leasing and sales for the first three and just sales for the multifamily. And I've been here since 2005 now. So uh, gotten to see a lot of change, a lot of growth in Jacksonville. Awesome. That's great. And you know, in that time, I'm sure Jacksonville, like many other markets, has changed significantly. You obviously witnessed uh, some of the run-up to the Great Recession and then through the Great Recession and, and until now. So I'm sure we will uh, 
we will get into that. Today, I wanted to really have a conversation about Jacksonville, you know, as a market, because I, like I said, I have a lot of friends, colleagues, if you will, who invest in Jacksonville, but I have not done that myself. And I do get questions about that uh, from listeners out there who want to know what I think about Jacksonville. So today is a good opportunity to learn. So can you tell us like some of a high level overview of Jacksonville, you know, as a market, is it a good place for real estate investors? It, it has been, and it looks like it's going to continue to be a, a really good market for real estate investors. And it's been a bit of a, a quiet market. It's been a little bit of a secret market that doesn't look like it's going to be much of a secret uh, any longer. As we sit here at the end of 2020, now they're starting to put out lists where Jacksonville's the biggest beneficiary of some of the migration out of the congested Northeast. We're the only city in Florida on the top five cities to increase in population since March. And so it's, uh, for better or worse, the, the secret's out. Jacksonville's got a lot of big city resources. It's got a you know an ample downtown. It's a port city. It has I-95. It's got I-10. It's got uh, three major rail systems. It has an NFL team that's practicing football. And, you know, and obviously we've got the beach and we've got the PGA Tour World, World Headquarters that just built the brand new facility out in Ponte Vedra Beach. So um, Northeast Florida as a marketplace operates where everybody knows the brand is Jacksonville, um, but really that encompasses St. Augustine up to Amelia Island when you're talking about the marketplace in terms of commercial real estate, meaning uh, office, industrial employment, and, and where that population's going to work every day. Um, historically, Jacksonville had been a, a hub for insurance companies, for for banks, and some of that went away long before I, I came here. So it's been finding its legs and, and finding what its brand's going to be in the last, let's say, 15 years that I've, I've been uh, lucky enough to be here. And a lot of that brand and a lot of the driver is industrial. It's again, uh, probably a similar story to other cities in the Southeast that uh, people are shopping online, people are moving to climates that are uh, comfortable, moving to cities that are more affordable. So Jacksonville hits on, on all the major, major trends of employment and job growth when it comes to just more and more industrial distribution, industrial light manufacturing. There's been some banking coming back with Deutsche Bank being kind of the, the tip of the spear. Goldman Sachs mentioned last week they'll be moving some offices that'll be down in South Florida. But as you dig deep into why Goldman Sachs is moving their op- part of their operation to South Florida, it's all of the same reasons people talk about Jacksonville. It's affordability, it's quality of life. Um, and it's available workforce. So that's a quick overview of, of one, one guy's take on Jacksonville. Yeah, no, I certainly appreciate that. And we will dig more into it. So as far as like major, um, employment drivers, you know, when I first start looking at markets, generally I'll look at, you know, employment is a big number and not just, you know, whether employment is growing, but whether 
there's a lot of con say concentration in one particular industry. It sounds like there's some um, diversity in the economy of uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville is without a doubt the most diverse Florida city or city in Florida where we're not anchored by tourism um, the way Orlando might be or South Florida might be. And our population is the youngest. We're the youngest city. The, the naval base here probably contributes to that. The major universities here, like the University of North Florida, Jacksonville University, they contribute to that. And the workforce in general um, is, is younger than you'd find in other Florida cities. You know, with, without the designation of being a Florida city, I mean, whereas we're, we're closer to Georgia than we are to Orlando. And so culturally and geographically, we're a Southern city. And what, you know, comes with that is a little, is a lot more diversity than just another tourist destination in Florida for you to go take your kids to Disney World or go down to Miami and party with your, uh, you know, your friends, you know, we're the place that you come and get some work done. So go party in Miami, you know, have, uh, have take the kiddos to Orlando. But if you're looking to relocate your business or, uh, you know, grow a family, Jacksonville's the place to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder, you know, here as we're mid COVID, how many cities like New York City with their professional employment, many of whom could kind of work anywhere, how much of that is going to flee to places, not just like Jacksonville, but many places that are not as cold and unpleasant as New York City. No offense, New York City, but the weather sucks up there compared to uh, further south. Um, so speaking of COVID, though, you know, different markets have performed differently in the real estate sense and, and where people are still paying rent, where people are still um, employed and, you know, evictions and everything like that. You know, we're talking here in December of 2020, and this is going to go live uh, in early 2021. What has been the impact so far uh, that COVID has had on like, uh, you know, rental collections, multifamily collections, and, you know, how are evictions being handled? We're somewhat unscathed. So I have not heard from our clients. I myself have a 105 unit complex that I own with a partner. Um, on the multifamily side, we, you know, so far have weathered the storm. I, I don't know if we should be bracing for impact come January and February, but we're a very transparent marketplace. We've got operators that are like you and I going on to social media and they're, and they're stating what their delinquency is compared and benchmarked to previous years. And so far, we have not you know, seen anything fall off of a cliff. I will say landlords are working with people more so than maybe they normally would because it's a health crisis. It's not really, it's not a financial crisis. And you know, people that are in the hospitality industry are hurt a little more than, than essential workers and things of that nature. But as far as Northeast Florida's leadership coming from the state level and then now at the city level, we've had some very strong leadership that's allowed business to continue to go on in a healthy and safe manner. And that's probably made it so that the impacts haven't been what they were in, in other places. So yeah, nothing but good news coming from Jacksonville when it comes to rents are being paid 
owners are able to pay their mortgages. It all, it all, you know, to me ends there is, you know, we need the rents paid. So the mortgages get paid. You know, that doesn't, that hasn't changed, I think anywhere. So there's a, there's a resiliency here and, and we are for better or worse, pretty well spread out as a city. So we don't have some of the issues that the other markets with the density do have. That's good. I'm I mean. from the, yeah. Okay. I'm from the New York area originally. I lived in London. I lived in South Florida. So my perspective on, you know, on, on things in Jacksonville is all the reasons I'm here. Now everybody's figuring it out. It's, it's pressed fast forward on a lot of the trends that drive Jacksonville's growth. So whether that, you know, if this was more of an economic uh, crisis and less of a health crisis, I think we would have the same conversations. But since you add the health aspect to it and it creates an urgency that that maybe wouldn't have been there if this was a a normal economic slowdown so what i mean by that is jacksonville is a healthy place to live it's affordable and you know that's why you you come live here well there's a health health crisis going on you want to live someplace you can go to the beach you can go outside you can go on your boat you're playing golf uh you know in a safe safe manner and I think everybody with any concerns, health or financial, is starting to be more conservative in their spending. And if you're coming from New York City and you're looking at buying a house here or rent an apartment here or the cost of living here, it looks like everything's on sale. Half price. That is definitely true. But, you know, comparing to New York City to to almost anywhere, you know, I'm in Richmond, Virginia. We get a lot of that here too. people say coming down from D.C. and saying, wow, this is all cheap. And, you know, even looking at our highest end uh, uh, stuff. So, yeah, it's a it's a high end market thing. Now, one of the questions I feel like probably comes up a lot about investing in Florida, particularly in a, uh, you know, coastal market is getting hit by hurricanes and you know how do you deal with that how do insurance companies you know deal with that and i don't know it's it seems like a a a crisis that people are going to kind of see coming and and try to avoid so i I guess how much big of a risk is it and is it possible to even insure for like a, a hurricane on a multifamily? Yes. So, so we have been, we are able to access in Jacksonville, Florida insurance and in all property types and all, all locations. Um, we've not had, you know, every carrier pull out of uh, the market by any means, you know, in my life experience, I mean, hurricane Andrew was the big time of, of change in, in the insurance world, but also the construction world. So I wasn't living in Jacksonville at the time, but I do remember visiting South Florida and just seeing the devastation and uh, then seeing how they, they built, whether it was single family homes or commercial properties differently. So that's been something coming from the Northeast to down here. Uh, as much as it affects the insurance side of things, um, things are built very differently here and, and roofs are strapped down. And if you're near the coast, there's going to be a lot more block construction. There's going to be a lot more uh, money into raising the elevation of properties and, um, and so on. So it's a common way of life if you're living in many parts of the coastal cities of, of Florida. And as far as costs of, of insurance and access to insurance, we're going to see some increases because of the recent activity. But uh, 
so far in Jacksonville specifically, I can tell you I've had all my renewals come in and nothing devastating. Well, that is uh, that is good news. And I wonder about lower lying markets. You know, when I first got started investing, I looked at uh, Norfolk, Virginia here, which is not far down the highway for me, but a, a low lying area right on the water. And, you know, with the expectation of global sea level rise over the next, say, 30 years or so. It's a fairly long uh, time frame, but some folks buy their rental property uh, with that time frame in mind. I mean, are there any, are those expectations being like factored into development down there at all? Or are you guys high enough up off the, uh, off the sea level that it's not going to be a, you know, huge problem? So Jacksonville is a large area, so it's hard to give an answer about all of Northeast Florida or all of Jacksonville. But I will say in the last four years, we have had the floodplains changed. I've had two properties that were not in a floodplain where flood insurance was required that are now in floodplains where it isn't required. So it is a, they move the goalposts, it's a moving target. And, and what you're saying is certainly a factor of, of life here, but, um, you know, I wouldn't relate it in cost and devastation uh, much different than the snowstorms I'm used to um, growing up. So now that I've had a few hurricanes under my belt, they are, again, a safety risk. You do want to evacuate. You do want to make sure you're building structures that can withstand the hurricanes. As far as global sea, you know, sea rise and, and flooding, you know, all of these are, are things that are being uh, calculated in from what we can see in the municipalities. But, you know, they're somewhat normalized in the way of life for, for all of, of Florida. And um, we've, again, been building things the right way to, to account for that. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Um, now, one uh, another question I want to make sure I address is just, you know, what the market pricing looks like there because, um, you know, I honestly, I don't like the metric of cap rates because I feel like they're too frequently confused for return, like a cash on cash return or IRR or something like that, rather than just the NOI versus price calculation that they are. But that being said, you know, I expect areas like Jacksonville are probably, you know, higher cap rate than New York City, but also lower than, you know, even smaller, say tertiary markets. What do you see in the, you know, multifamily space like the typical cap rate range right now so cap rates in jacksonville here again in my 15 year perspective of being in the city are as low as i've seen them in the multifamily space and it's very there's a lot more buyers than there's ever been and you know where things would have traded at a seven percent cap rate they're trading closer to a six percent cap rate and if you are looking at a, let's say, a nicer property, you're back down to a 5% cap rate. So Jacksonville historically has been a 7 8% cap rate city. So right now, in this, as we sit here, that, that's where things are. Good to know. I feel like that question is going to come up. Well, thanks so much so far. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Tyler, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Okay, financial investment would be the apartments. So back in 
gosh, before 2010, the uh, complex that I acquired was through some creative deal making, meaning owner financing. There was actually a master lease involved in the beginning to build confidence with the, the sellers that we were going to be strong operators. And, uh, you know, there was, there was a lot of courtship between myself, my partner, and, and the two gentlemen that sold us the property. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of hum- humanity to real estate and, and deal making. People that I found attracted to investing in real estate are long term investors, family oriented, and, uh, and generally have the best interest of, of the communities that they own in, in mind. So, best investment I made. You know, came from some, uh, you know, two older gentlemen's willingness to to take a risk on on two young guys and believed in us, and uh, and you know, boy, that 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 one deal has given us the confidence now to have have a, you know, maybe not big fish in a small pond, but maybe medium fish in a small pond now. Nice, nice. I love it. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of the coin. The worst investment. What is the worst? investment you ever made? Yeah, I'm going to give an answer that's probably pretty common and that's lack of due diligence, you know, maybe putting too much faith on secondhand information, somebody vouching for somebody else. So, you know, sometimes in in real estate, you'll refinance, you'll have an exit, you'll have, and you'll find yourself flush with cash. Well, flush with cash for anybody is an uncomfortable situation because cash does not make money. And, you know, I had done some hard money loan with somebody I'd known for a long time, or I'd met a long time ago, and then got reacquainted with them and did not do my due diligence well enough and relied a little too much on gut feel. So, you know, worst investment for me is going with the gut feel, you know, as opposed to making sure trust but verify. And, uh, that was a, that was a hard loan where unfortunately it ended in bankrupt personal bankruptcy for the borrower. I was the lender and, you know, will will be a, a, a lesson from the, 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 not academia, but the real world that uh, I probably couldn't have learned any other way. Well, good lesson. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Again, it sounds like a cliche, but it's always the right time to do the right thing. You know, especially in COVID, I think everyone's learning that everyone's going to come out of this a little bit nicer, uh, you know, have a little bit more humanity in their approach to business. In Jacksonville, Florida, you're in a very uh, small community here. If you're not uh, a good person trying to do a good thing and doing it the right way. You're, you're going to have a real hard time here. And you may not have that hard a time. Uh, I'm going to throw South Florida under the bus, <laughs> uh, but in, in other markets. So, you know, but I'll sell you in any market, in any opportunity, you have to be honest, you have to be fair. Um, you know, and I think the lesson I've learned is when I get the suspicion somebody's not honest and somebody's not fair. Some of the best deals you know I've done are the ones I didn't do because I you know my radar went up and uh, and I didn't do them. So 
Got to listen to that gut feeling. Well, Tyler, thank you for joining us today. If folks want to reach out to you, if they want to find you, they want to learn more, uh, where can they find you? Got a great company website. It's primerealtyinc.com. And uh, you can get all my contact information there. I'm I'm glad to connect with the fellow real estate entrepreneurs. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us once again to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated and it helps other people learn about the show. Uh, We're also live streaming this on YouTube. So go ahead, look us up on YouTube, throw us a subscription and hit that notification bell and you'll find out next time we go live and you can join us. Thanks for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.